up. Where'd it go? Welcome to Stuck at Home with Cliff Dorfman and Jason Smith. Here are your hosts, Jason Smith and Cliff Dorfman. Huzzah! Welcome to a new episode of Stuck at Home with me, Cliff Dorfman, and uh, and in this corner, this guy. Jason <laughs> Boom Boom Smith. <laughs> That's really you went with a you went with a with a boom, boom? with a boxing thing. Well, I'm just saying. I was like, uh, I noticed. Uh, looked like a little punch red glove over there, bud. I just was. Uh, mm. What are you talking about? Uh, <laughs> hey, um, I was just uh, I was just noticing what's what's going on. Why are you hiding behind that mic, brother? What do you mean? I'm just, just staying close to the mic because everyone <laughs> complains about our sound. Oh yeah, so you're gonna stay there all the time? Um, I'm gonna try. That's not what I heard. That's not what I. Oh, what? Oh, what happened? You get boom, 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 boom. What happened? What, What's going oh. on? What happened? What happened? That's Honestly, what I want to know. <clears throat> it's a cold sore. <laughs> I have purpose. Yeah, I, I would honestly rather that be the case than admit what happened. <laughs> what happened? What happened? I have heard. Who's, who's who's messing with my man Cliff? Do I gotta come over there to Calabasas and be like? Mm. I know it's crazy out here in the wild streets of Calabasas. No, I I I, I have herpes. I have to take a, a pill every. I, I want me to take the pill every day for I think, prophylactic. I think that that's the weirdest thing I've ever heard. I would rather admit to what happened because I happen to know. Then say I got cold sores. Well, you're a dick for bringing it up. I, I mean, I am kind of a dick for bringing it up, but like I just you know, no. I mean, I said I you not? could, but I didn't mean that you would. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we did, don't make it. We discussed it. I said, yeah, no, no, you can bring it up. I don't have any secrets, but like you didn't have to. <laughs> you still but chose I, to, which that, you know makes you a dick. Well, that's a that you know, what, Cliff. That's a Richard. Woman, that's a woman test. You're that's something that would happen to me by my wife. Like, you don't have to do that. Oh, you don't have to pick up the totally kids for me do today. It. No, no, no. Well, that's not what I said. I said, you could totally do it. You just didn't have to. <laughs> like for the, the woman test would be, the woman test I think that I've gotten is that like, you don't have to, you know, but then if you don't. Yeah, but then if you don't. Yours, right. you, this is the opposite. Right. But it's this still is, awesome. Yeah, I know. So you but, got punched in the face you by your own heavy bag. That's not exactly what happened. <laughs> Listen, I honestly would rather have herpes. I, I I was just working the bag in my in my uh, garage, and <laughs> you know you're just like you're too close, and you're like chin, chin, boom, right? And my whole my whole hand just hit. I punched myself in the lip, and you know why would you? And the second I the second I hit it, see I can't stay here. The second I hit it, I went back, and I was like, oh. I'm like, that's going to bleed. I'm not wearing a mouthpiece because I'm not sparring. Yeah, I didn't know you? I was huh. sparring myself. Huh? So, I, I, yeah, I punched myself in the face, basically. Well, you know what, what's funny about that, Cliff? And I just, before <laughs> I'm we glad you up, find funny things about well, it. Well, that, not funny, haha, just funny, like, this is just something to be aware of. Us <laughs> nerds, us kids who got punched in the face and, like, slapped around by bullies, are like, mm -hmm. why are you hitting ourselves? We have hit ourselves in the face with heavy bags growing up because we thought we could teach ourselves karate by a book. We thought that like if we just sat in the backyard with a blow gun and a BB gun and, and, and punched it with, you know, and fake punched with our friends, we could learn karate that way. And we have punched ourselves in the face. We have given ourselves black eyes for years. It's you. It's you athletic jockey, punchy people that like did that, 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 that do this and are embarrassed. If you, if you had a, um, a diary of everything and how many times I've hit myself in the head with my own nunchucks that I got at the, at the garage sale or at the, at the, at the flea market. You would feel not embarrassed at all. 
listen, the reason I even can box at all is because my grandma Sylvia, uh, rest her soul, put me at the silent flute when I was like 10 or something when I got punched in the face by a bully. And That's I had what like I, a big black eye. So, you know, I, like the I, I was flute. with you. I was a nerd. Believe me, I, I, we, we saw my bar mitzvah picture. Me, <laughs> I, I, I just grew into this. The just silent, like you. I have a silent flute. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I never really thought of the euphemism in that name until you, all these years, man, all these years having good memories of the silent flute. Yeah. And it's like, now it's just affiliated with Jason's penis. Every, every once in a while, I'll be like, oh, you've not even the penis. Like, hey, babe. Well, you said I have a silent hey. flute. Well, I, I know, but I was more like thinking of my butthole. But um, like, uh, like just say, hey, baby, you want to hear a song from the silent flute? How did this go to Beavis and But we have a very sophisticated show. How did we actually have the head of like creative of a of a streaming network? Like how do you how did this go to such a hey. um, uh, a Seth MacFarlane place? I don't know. I um, which I love. how do you think how do you think Starbucks made the money? We did not make it on on uh, you know above Brown yeah, no, it's we we didn't not on highfalutin, just some silent flutin. And Punchy, that, ooh, ooh, that's go. pretty good, by the way. <laughs> Let's move on that way. We should say rest uh, Eddie Van Halen soul. Yeah, right? absolutely. Uh, rest in peace, uh, yeah. Eddie Van Halen. Um, what a thanks what for a, all the thanks the for stuff all we'll it. still get from you. Yep, like all the joy and the music and yep. Valerie Bertinelli and Valerie Bertinelli. <laughs> exactly. I mean, oh. by the way, Eddie Van Halen, man. I mean, always it was always Van Halen, whether it was David Lee Roth or Hagar. It was always Van Halen. It was always Van Halen. That guy could shred. Yep. And really right. changed the changed the stuff. Yes, it did. And with that somber note. I know, no, no, no. Was that somber? I mean, the guy lived a hell of a life. If, if someone said I could live 65 years and then, you know, but that life or 85 years in another life, I'd be like that one. Yeah, yeah. 65 is good. You don't you realize. Like, it's like Inception. If you lived a day in Eddie Van Halen's life, that would be like a year in mine, right? Like, yeah. like you do more. You do more in that one. You're on more yachts and planes to Ibiza <laughs> and year. like and pig roast in that one day than you would do my entire like 80s. By the way, you're you're absolutely right. So on that note, which is a very uh, and, and to quote David Lee Roth, it says money can't buy happiness, but it can buy you a pretty big yacht to pull up right alongside next to it. Yeah. <laughs> Named happiness. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, you can name it happiness too. Yeah. All right. So without any further ado, see how we uplifted? Yeah. See how we uplifted? So there is a, and this is fascinating to me, right? There is a, a, a new, like we're the people, people turn to, to keep up with streaming wars. Right. Mm -hmm. And yet there's, yeah, there's a new play. And it's not that new, but it's newer, right? Taste made. Yep. That's out and it's on Apple and you can just look at the channels and it's right there. It's right in the front. And it is literally like, I don't understand how this happens and it gets so big and we're not even, and now they're doing a Spanish language part of the station. Right. Yeah. So I mean, ask, it's, go. it's, I mean, it's great. There's like, this is the kind of stuff me and my daughter watch a lot of too, because mm -hmm. we, you know, we, we can't see eye to eye on, on fiction all the time, except horror. And, uh, but we can always see our eye, eye to eye on, on this kind of stuff on, on cooking and travel, uh, design this kind of stuff. And it's, it's a great, it's a great kind of, uh, place for all this stuff. So yeah, absolutely. Okay. So, but listen, that being said, this is a full on network. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's a whole right, streaming it's a network. Full on streaming network called Tasteman. So let's just get into it because I have so many questions. I don't know about you. So without any further ado, the head of creative at the Tastemade Network. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Jay Holzer. You beat me to the applause. Hello. Yeah. What's up, buddy? How you doing? Good. How are you? I am doing very, very well. Thank you for being here. Where where are you? Are you in LA? I am in LA, yeah. Okay. So you uh 
you, you, you know how it is out here right now. Yeah. It, it's, <laughs> it's not as hot as it was yesterday, but yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, you're right. Exactly. We're getting a little, a little cooler, right? Yeah. Um, do you have enough time to go out in the weather? I mean, with everything you do? No. That's what no, I, was I open. I'll open my windows occasionally. That's about it. <laughs> so, Jay, I want to start like I do with everybody. Just a little bit of background. Like, yeah, seem like a very normal guy. You know, like not like normal, like ugh, normal, like you know, cool guy. Like you know, it's like how do you start and get into something where you're now the head of creative at this, you know, big streaming network that's attached to Apple that's out there and and just fill me in a little, just a you know, little tour. Yeah. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, the company's about eight years old. Um, mm -hmm. so I joined, I was one of the first employees to join a little over eight years ago. What'd you join um, as? Like, what was your title? Uh, I was head of production at that time. Okay. So um, you, you went to college for this or what? I did. I went to university of Texas in Austin, oh, uh, uh, studied Longhorns, Longhorns, hook them, uh, studied, <laughs> studied film, uh, bummed around for a couple years, uh, trying to be an independent documentary filmmaker while How'd working like, no, nah, I mean, I had to work a real job. At the time. <laughs> well, everybody who does that usually has um, to work a real job, except like four yeah, people. Yeah, so uh, th that was that was a couple years of my life after college, and then I was involved in some very early kind of internet video startups, one of which got acquired by a company out here in Los Angeles, which moved me and my family over to the West mm. Coast, and then um, I met the three founders for Taste from TasteMade at that company, and so... So when you meet they, these three finders there, and, yeah. and what, are they like sitting in the annals of the hallways there? And they're like, "Listen, we have an idea for this network. Like, I have an idea for a network too, by the way, Jay. I mean, like, so, so, like, how does this? How do you happen upon this? And what are they plotting? Yeah, it's interesting, right? Like, I think yeah. um, we we've collectively all kind of viewed this as like this interesting like third wave of media disruption, right? So mm -hmm. you had um, kind of the early cable disruption, which birthed the, these giant channels like ESPN, which are now these like mega media companies that kind of came out of the dawn of cable. Mm -hmm. And so we all kind of thought that there would be this new wave of disruption that was going to happen because of OTT and because of um, internet video and just kind of the way that technology was shifting. Um, and so we, we kind of, the company was started to kind of capitalize on this like next evolution of how people would consume media. I think honestly, we were probably four or five years earlier than the the market was that's a, um, is that a close gap like if you were like five or six then you don't get to do it and then everyone else I, does i think so right and, and yeah. so so the the early years of taste made were spent largely producing content for social platforms um so producing content for youtube and facebook um Wait, so that's how i'm sorry to interrupt but that's how you, yeah. these guys and you decide that this is going to be a network you're going to start doing content for social platforms yeah we I mean we wanted to create a modern media company right so like hmm. that that to us that was everything right it meant right. you needed to be fully distributed on social around the globe um kind of on every platform that was that was meaningful and you guys knew um, how to attack that that was something you were yeah, yeah, that that was something that we kind of learned through our, our previous company, which was a company called Demand Media. That was um, uh, actually we took it, it got taken public on the New York Stock Exchange. Um, so it it turned into a fairly large, uh, large thing. Well, I think that's an important point, Jay, because we have uh, you know these places, a lot of these bigger companies or these up and coming companies that uh, young people are working at. They're they're think tanks. Did we uh, lose Jay? Jason, did he freeze on? Oh, hey, it looks like he might have froze a little bit. 
Yeah, good. I got to say what I wanted right. to say. I just wanted to say He'll be how back. much like uh, Seth Rogen he looks like today. Oh, by um, the way, looks- ladies and gentlemen, Seth Rogen. <laughs> Let's just change his moniker on the bottom. And so, right here, come back. There Yay! Man, you know, okay. I... So uh, last I, thing we heard, did you hear the last thing I said? Yeah, um, <laughs> I think so. We were talking about how much you look like Seth Rogen in that freeze. You know, that... Um, I get that. I get that a lot. I'm going for a uh, for the like older Seth Rogen from American Pickle right now. That's what I was gonna. You, we could call you Pickle J. What's up, Pickle yeah. J? Pickle yeah. J. Pickle Rick. No, I, it, it's funny. I I've been avoiding. I've been avoiding it for a long time, and then that movie no came out, it. and I was wearing this hat, and everybody's like, God. Oh, that's back. what it is but you know what you're immediately likable <laughs> i appreciate that yeah. yeah like it's like immediately like, oh i know you do we go to camp yeah. all right so but yeah. it is a think tank for a lot of these things and now you're seeing a company form out of this company that you know you were working at that went public with that, that yeah. let you cut your teeth yeah of course yeah um and so so we we kind of knew how to run a, a digital media company and how to make money and how to work mm-hmm. with brands and how to find audience um and so we we spent five or six years kind of building this brand and building all these great consumer relationships on social media platforms, advertiser relationships through branded content and a, a fairly large sales team. And then, um, all is the, taste made. All is taste made. Yeah. And then the, um, kind of the virtual MVPD space. So the slings and the YouTube TVs of the world that, that really started to heat up. We've had a great relationship with YouTube for many, many years. And so, do you remember when, um, when Sling originally came out, what it was, what it tried to be? Oh, man. Um, it tried to be like a portable TiVo. I do kind of remember that, yeah. yeah. I had it. I had it. It was a contraption, but it was worth it. Slingbox. Yeah. Slingbox. Slingbox. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but this um, is what I'm saying. You see the, you know, the evolution of these companies moving yeah. and shifting with the technology. So go on. Right. Yeah. So, so we've had a really great relationship with YouTube. Um, mm-hmm. And when they launched YouTube TV, um, they asked if we wanted to kind of prop up a streaming network. They, they'd kind of known for, for years that we'd been creating um, television quality content for uh, like digital lot, social platforms, right? So a, a lot, lot of their big users, of, right? Yeah. And so, um, and, and there was obviously there's, um, one very big established player or, or two big established players in the, the kind of the food and lifestyle um, TV ecosystem, but it's, it's ripe for startup. Well, you and, say that, but another would say that place is it's a very closed club. Yeah. Yep. You absolutely. Know, and, and yet now YouTube goes, Hey, do you want to prop up a streaming network? I mean, that's a mm-hmm. big ask. Yeah. Yeah. So we, of course we said, yes, it, it was kind of, <laughs> <Nah>. the, <laughs> it was, uh, it was kind of the opportunity we'd been, we'd been waiting for. Um, and we spent six months kind of, uh, going back through a lot of the stuff that we'd been making, figuring out how we turn that into TV length versions, um, mm. creating TV length spinoffs of some of our more popular IP, um, and, and kind of stood this thing up in, uh, probably nine months from, yes to launch so you get that now so you're nine months now you're up right and yep. you, you go from that to what, what you're, you're now september 29th is that what it is you're you guys are launching uh, a taste made in espanol and it's it's streaming uh is on roku right september 29th it's on roku yeah so it's already up and running yep. oh now we lost <laughs> now we lost him it's been, you know, this, this whole, you know, this whole LA, uh, 
uh, rolling blackouts thing kind of hits us all. Here we go. Hold on. on. <laughs> you know, Jay, I blame you. I blame you. For, the, for our it's listeners, contagious. I'm sure you know, again, I, I popped off. This is not my fault, though, this time, I swear. Um, rolling Jay. blackouts. But it wasn't yeah. a blackout this yeah. time. I don't know what happened. I, I really don't know what happened there either. Of course, it was my fault. Please, Jay, continue. So now you it launched. He, he, he punched the, uh, the the log off button with his Just face. Let it go, man. <laughs> So, so um, you launched uh, September yeah, 29th so we, on Roku. Yeah, we launched we launched on on a Spanish language channel on Roku. So one of the things that when we were spending those first early years of Tastemade kind of building um, this global media brand, we thought it was really important to um, to expand globally, but in a in a very deferential way to those markets, right? So instead of us saying we're creating English language programming, let's um, kind of port that same programming over to to Latin America or to to Europe. What we did instead was we kind of stood up um, entire production teams in those markets. So we had a we've we've for many so many years had a you hired had a, a whole new infrastructure. Had yeah had basically a taste made Latin American infrastructure, um, and still do. We have a, the same thing in the United Kingdom. We have the same thing down in Brazil, um, and that is a full on production programming creative and sales team. Um, like a mini a mini version of what we've done in the U.S., just kind of localized in these key strategic places around the globe. So this was organic. For, so in other words, you started that. You started these stand-up productions all throughout mm -hmm. the world. And then yep. while you were the streaming network, and then from that, you're like, let's launch Taste Made Espanol. It only makes sense. We have enough content and people. It, exactly. Yeah. We had the team in place. We had, um, we've got hundreds of hours of amazing content that all is like ready for TV. Um, so it was a really good natural evolution, and and we've launched on Roku now. Uh, we'll be launching on Vizio and Samsung TV Plus uh, within the month of October, and then obviously the goal is that once those same platforms are all launching throughout Latin America, we've got a local language channel kind of ready to deploy in Argentina and Mexico, kind of all around the globe. We'll really? be doing the same, yeah. So so we'll be running that same playbook um, kind of throughout Latin America once. Um, once those those platforms and those markets are ready. Well, it's very interesting because you say the playbook, right? So I, I'd like to take a look at that playbook because yeah. so you're also doing something with realtor.com, which is a very interesting kind of like off the cuff. I'd be like, that's weird. But then I go, that's kind of really smart and interesting. Can, can you tell me a little about that? Is yeah. it like build the block or beyond the block? Yeah, yeah, beyond the block. So um, one of the things we've always done when we first started the company is we've tried to find innovative ways to work with brands. And um, we kind of hate the concept of, branded content. Mm. Um, but we think that brands can be smartly integrated into stories um, that work well editorially and surface the kind of the goals of the brand, right? So we did it on um, entourage seamlessly. Absolutely, right? So yeah, um, all the time we, we just made shit up about stuff We're like, oh, we want apples. We want a bunch of Apple computers. How can we put Apple into the story? It's easy. Totally. So easy. So so with this show, uh, it's a, it's ultimately a home buying show. Um, oh, which that. was a weird, which was a weird thing to shoot right now in, in the current ecosystem. We can get into that in a second, yeah, um, but it, it's a, it's a home buying show. That's really more about the neighborhoods than the houses themselves. Right. So we give kind of equal, mm. whereas a show like house hunters is we're going to see three houses. We're going to pull up to the, to the curb and you're going to go in and we're going to shoot the, the house. Right. Um, this is really about, let's see the house, but then let's also like talk about the neighborhood. Let's look at like, what you as a prospective homeowner would be moving into if you moved into this house. Cause it's not just the four walls. It's really about the community and the neighbors and the people that, um, that you'd be spending time around. And so hmm. it's a, it's a show that I, I'd say 
half of the show takes place outside the home, but it is still a real estate show. So and so, real, it, oh, go on, go on. I have a yeah. So, so it made it made sense for us to partner with a with a brand that had a vested interest in all in home buying, right? Realtor.com's a a, a huge right. name. Um, they've got a couple like innovative features that were really cool to be able to showcase. They've got a like a decibel level meter, so you can go to a neighborhood and then like see how loud that neighborhood is compared to other neighborhoods. That's which, true. if you're thinking about the stuff outside of the four walls that you live in, is really important. Especially um, now, but always, but especially now. Especially now, right? So, so yeah. we it, we launched a four episode um, TV series with Realtor.com as the kind of the presenting sponsor, um, and we were really happy with how it turned out. We shot most of it uh, pre-COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, and oh, had so to that. shoot and had to shoot one episode post COVID. Um, but the whole entire thing has launched kind of since this pandemic started. So, um, we had our host actually go back and kind of do recap interviews remotely with all the people that we'd featured to talk about how this pandemic has affected their home search or their business, which was an interesting way to kind of make it a little more, um, current, right? The, the, the world's changed so dramatically since we were filming this thing in February, which seems like many years ago at this point. Yeah, everything changed in March, right? But that leads yeah. to, you, you have another show, right? And I'm going to get back to something, but a yeah. boiling point, is that, am I, am I saying that right? Yeah. So this is a, this is a half hour long documentary. Um, yeah, the fight to made. save America's restaurants. Right? That's why I brought this up next because I felt like, you know, you're talking about this COVID thing happening and with the homes yep. and whatnot. And now this is very organic to go into. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so this was made with um, some of our, it's made by our friends at Life and Time, T-H-Y-M-E, which is a, another kind of food-focused media company here. Mm. Um, we're premiering it on the streaming network um, and on our subscription platform. Um, it, it actually launched late last week. Um, and it's, yeah, it's a half-hour documentary with um, uh, some of the best chefs around the country talking about how the pandemic has kind of impacted the rec- the restaurant industry and what we can and should be doing to save it. Um, obviously, like it's, it's a, it's, that's been one of the most, it's close to us because it's, we, we work in food media, um, but it's, uh, I think, important to everybody, right? Like restaurants are such a cornerstone of everything that we, that we do in life and, and some of them won't make it. Um, and some hopefully we haven't. get to a point, some of them already haven't. Hopefully yeah. we get to a point where a lot more of them can figure out a way to get through this. Listen, I agree with you completely. And and I think also, you know, okay, so let me go back for a second before I talk yeah. about another show that I think is great. But uh, I want to talk about this idea that, you know, your, your title, it's not an idea, but in a way it is because it's head of creative, right? So mm-hmm. are you sitting in a room, do you have a team and are you coming up with these ideas? You're like, all right, let's, you know, are you scrolling the bottom of the Zillow and you're like, all right, look, the schools and the neighborhoods and like, there's a show in here. How do we partner with someone? Like, how does this, give me a little of the of the yeah, price of the build. I think it depends, right? Like, so I do, I do have a, a creative team that works for me that kind of works on some of these shows. Um, something like the, like the realtor.com example. Um, I mean that we, we, we've wanted to make a show like that for a while. We think there's a, um, part of this is generational. But part of it's also just the time that we live in. There's a huge gap between the House Hunters of the World is kind of which mm. is a wonderful show. It's, yeah. it's kind of the gold the gold standard of real estate shows, right? right. Um, so you don't want to remake uh, that. So you so but, we don't want to we don't right. want to remake that. But but it also is it's usually geared at a very specific audience, right? It's a little it, it's um, it's a little older. 
Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, usually people who are not first-time home buyers. Sometimes first-time home buyers, but it's it's not a very young show. And so mm-hmm. we thought about what were the things if we want to make a real estate show. What what are the things that are important to our audience, which is um, significantly younger than the HGTVs and Food Networks of the world, by virtue of a lot of the platforms that we're on. Yeah, um, how do we make something that that speaks a little more to that demographic? Right. That it's right. it's really more about community and more about neighborhood. So it's the kind of show that we always wanted to make. And then mm-hmm. we have a, we have a fairly large sales team who does what sales teams do is they go out and they knock on doors and they find people who have um, interests in partnering with taste made in a variety of different ways. So that would have come that, That's that would have come about or, organically through a conversation that our sales team had. And then um, our creative team would have kind of uh, worked Built together that. with that salesperson to build that into a compelling show. But a lot of these are, these are all shows that we would be interested in doing editorially. And I think that's the important piece, right? Is right. I don't want to make a show just because a brand wants to partner with us on a show. I want to make a show because editorially we think our audience is going to line up for it. And then we yeah, want to find brands that fit into that. Exactly. Yeah, yep. I, I agree with you. And I, I do think that's what you're doing, which is why I kind of wanted to get into this a little. So it's a lot of stuff that's being built internally. You're not really hearing out, you know, outside pitches too much. Not, not very often, actually. Um, yeah. I mean, we, I think Another there difference. are- yeah, um, that I mean, look, we're we're a we're a weird hybrid of things, right? We're a network. I love it, but we're also a studio. Mm. Um, so, I mean, in, in in some ways, like it's it's a little bit akin to the Netflix model, right? Like we are we're not just working with third parties to pitch us things and produce them. We have an in-house production team, um, we have in-house programming teams, and then we own the the kind of point of distribution. So we're the physical network the studio and the kind of creative agency all in one. Yeah. I'm just, which is different. Yeah. I'm having notes taken uh, by my staff uh, by all this (laughs) so I can just rip off your model because this is fascinating to me. And now you have another show, right? Uh, With, with uh, the chef, right? Uh, Luke, uh, but but I don't know how to say his last name. Is it Nguyen? I never get it right. Luke Nguyen. That was close. Yeah. Yeah. Nguyen. Yep. Okay. So street food Asia, right? Yeah. So Luke Nguyen's a a chef out of uh, Australia. He's Australia. He's a Vietnamese born Australian chef who um, this will be the second show that we've aired from him. We did a show called um, Luke Nguyen's Railway Vietnam, where he basically traveled the the reunification express railway through Vietnam, stopping along the way and like learning about local cuisine and making dishes. It's a beautiful, amazing show. And so in this one, he's traveling all through Asia, kind of doing, um, doing street food. And he's, he's great. He's an amazing personality. Um, he's someone who hasn't really been seen that much in the States. Hmm. Um, he's, he's really big in Australia. Um, but, but we're really kind of the first time he's been brought to a U.S. audience in a meaningful way. And, and the show's done, the previous show has done really well. We have really high hopes for, uh, for street food when that airs um, later this it, month. Later this month? Uh, yeah. Right. So subscription, is, it, it, by the way, it's very reasonable at $4.99 a month. Uh, $2.99 a month, actually. See, even more reasonable. Yep. It just got yeah. even better. By the way. Like 10 yeah. times more shows, new new content than Peacock. Yeah. <laughs> by the way, you're not, you're not <laughs> oh, wrong. I, but this business model is very, very fascinating. And and now, what are you doing as far as pushing forward? You know, you, you I see you're making shows and sculpting them for what? is going on though, you know, and, and now you have the Spanish thing. Are you going to be launching a British one, et cetera, et cetera? Yeah. So we're one of the beauties of kind of owning your own library, right. Is, is we can take that library and we can put it all around the globe. So mm-hmm. we're already live in the UK. 
Um, we're already live in Canada with a streaming network. Um, we launched a German language, which is all subtitled content because we don't have a lot of local language, but we launched a subtitled German language one. Um, and we'll launch in a couple other English language markets through the rest of this year. Um, and then we're, we'll be at a point where we're fairly fully distributed, right? Like we're, we're That's in, I'm thinking. we're in as many households as, as we can be. Um, so, so then comes the fun part, right? The, we were done building the infrastructure. Now it's right. time to really focus on executing. And so, Oh, I was thinking us, focus means, on uh, going public. Well, I thought that I was mean, the fun part. Who knows? Um, <laughs> Go on. For us, that that means uh, continuing to focus on creating valuable IP, right? Stuff that um, can do well on TV, but can also do well on social. We we still, while the streaming network is the main thing we're talking about, we do still have a massive business on Facebook and Snap and Instagram, where we're running kind of ad supported, short form social content. So. If we can create a show that runs really well in the streaming network and then individual pulls from those shows also run really well as a snap show, for example, mm -hmm. or on Instagram TV, that's this really amazing synergy that can happen within our business where, um, where that, that's where it gets really exciting. That's, that's where we become more than just another network, right? We are right. a, we're kind of like an omnipresent media company. That's the next step. Yeah. This is this is absolutely fascinating. Any other shows that we want to talk about before we have to let you go? Uh, we have one one other show, two other shows, I think that are that are quite relevant right now. Um, we have a show called Struggle Meals, which is a, a personal favorite of mine. Um, Good it title. is yeah, it's it's coming back for its uh, fourth season in January. We're in production on it right now, and it is. Um, a host that shows you how to make like legit good meals for around $2 a plate. Um, so right now when everybody is working, working from home, eating from home, trying not to eat garbage and uh, reducing their Postmates bill, uh, this is like a very core uh, show for us. And, and we've actually seen tremendous success kind of post pandemic in the, in the show, right? Like this mm. kind of became a, um, use what you have, use what's in your pantry, um, kind of like rallying cry for people. And so that, that show's done really well. Sounds great to me. I don't know why. Yeah. It, and then, I didn't even and then know another, thank you. Yeah. It's a, it's a really good one. And then we have another, um, kind of flagship show called make this tonight. Um, that is, um, where we bring in, um, we bring in like some chefs from around the country right now. It's all limited to LA. Um, just because we're trying not to fly people given everything right. that's going on. Um, but we're bringing in chefs from some of the best restaurants here in LA to the studio to kind of show their kind of go-to dinners, right? So it's meant to be, um, it's an entertaining show, but it's also meant to be very tactical, right? And that's part of the, it's part of the inspiration behind that title, right? Like make this tonight. I know exactly what kind of show I'm going to get. Yeah, Struggle meals. I know exactly what kind of show I get. So like those, so, so that's another big show. That's, um, we just produced a season, um, uh, that's going to be airing starting at the end of October. Um, and that's a, that's another show that we're kind of really proud of and really excited to, to get out there. This is just all blowing up. I cannot congratulate you enough on everything. Oh, thanks. Seriously. It's amazing. So taste made, get the app because it's an app, right? I mean, that's what I call it. It is an app. Yep. Yeah. Yep. It's an app. So download the app. You get seven days free. It's two ninety nine a month. I mean, honestly, you don't even notice it. And there's so much content. It's the Jace. cost of one and a half struggle. Yeah. <laughs> 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 See, he pops in for that. So, Perfect. Yeah. Jay, seriously, thank you for being here. And uh, please come back again sometime soon when you got some new stuff that you're premiering. 
Yeah. So, okay, so you back again. You're popping it. Thanks, Thanks for having brother. me, guys. All right, Jay. Take care. Bye-bye, Bye, buddy. Jay yeah. Olson, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. All right. So, wait, is that me? What a guy. Isn't that cool? Um, you know, <laughs> I like, uh, really like I'm a big Roy Choi fan. Our family does. Like, I could tell my wife to eat something and mm -hmm. it'd be like, like, like a more Asian style food, like a Korean food or, a, or whatever. And she will just look at me like, um, like I'm crazy. Um, and then Roy Choi will make it and she'll be like, I want some of that right now. <laughs> Okay. That's how she sounds today. I don't know why. By Julia, she sounds she's like Julia Childs. Childs. Oh, I hold on, hold on. I'll be. Right. What you just I totally me? ruined my joke. Um, <laughs> you had a joke. Oh, uh, I see what you're doing. You're putting something on your lip, like you uh, it's my eyes pack. I was, I was so excited about my joke. I punched my <laughs> microphone in the face. Um, See, he can't even get out his joke. That's the problem. He can't do it right or get it out. But, but what, well, suffice to say, it, it it somehow directed at me, which we all can, which we all can laugh at heartily. What it's I, one what, of those things, like honestly, like, um, and this is another thing. Like, let's just talk about all the dumb. Like, this is the cost of living with me. Um, I, this is what is happens all the time. Ninety percent of my jokes are for nobody but me. This is one of those jokes because it makes me laugh. And you're just sitting there. He's literally sitting there. With an ice pack on his lip. Uh, by the way, it it wouldn't help. It would stick to your lip, schmuck. <laughs> Rip the skin off more. What are you doing? What are you doing? You know, even like he's laughing so hard. Honestly, he's turning beet red. Like he's the color of his San Fran hat right now. Uh, no, I am. I'm, I am. I, 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 look <laughs> I haven't seen him laugh that hard in a. I don't even know when. Maybe. <laughs> I okay, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. We're back. And We're back. by the way, that was, that was, is it, I really think that there is a business model within what he's telling us. He, he really laid it out how you can do this. I know. It's, I mean, it's amazing. And I, I, I think that um, part of this thing that I think really works for him that other people aren't doing and not thinking about, and, and I'm mm -hmm. looking at the, you know, I'm even looking at the peacocks of the world. I'm looking at the, the quibbies, some of these things is, um, you know, and even the shutters, they're trying to make this niche stuff, but they're trying to make these niche, like, genre stuff as far as fiction goes that's hard man to get like a, an entire network off the ground that's all horror based and not and you know and there's a limited supply of really great horror there's a lot of shitty horror and there's a lot of like midstream kind of stuff mm -hmm. but it's hard to do that but when you start thinking about it in terms of food and travel and the, these niches real that estate. have these huge you know real estate with these huge audiences the people that love that kind of stuff and and are willing to watch basically not the same show, but a cooking show. And and if the next show is a cooking show, they're stoked about that cooking show and right. a travel show. You know, they, they it's a different kind of attachment. And I think that it's really smart. Well, it's a to, younger demographic too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's just a it's you know it's a it's a really great it's a really great idea. Well, this is what we're seeing, and and this is why the networks are. We've been talking about this, you know, a lot. Well, not as much lately, but just in case you forgot, the networks are. Uh, they don't really exist. I mean, they'll exist in the form of streaming now, but this is it. This is what we have pushing forward. Absolutely. This is what we're going to have. And I mean, this is what we've always kind of wanted. You know, it's now it's a matter of, you know, like free I think range. that, well, yeah, I think that's the next step. That's what we really, really want, right? We want right. free range content that we can decide how to put it together. Like I, I want to be able to de decouple uh, Ted Lasso from Apple Plus because I don't really care about Apple Plus and I want I want AP Bio but I don't care about the rest of that and I want you know 
I want a couple things off of Quibi, but I don't want the rest of Quibi. And I want that, that'll be the day when we're able to really completely decouple them from these streaming services and combine form like Voltron, our own little mini networks or micro networks. That's the, that's the thing. That's very smart though. What you're saying that that's a very uh, forward looking idea for, yeah. for what's next, because the truth is you can start making free range content now and sit there and build your library and then start selling it off. Yeah. Piece by piece. You can have this, you can have this, it can be on Hulu. You don't need Hulu to distribute it. The only thing that does for you, I mean, listen, you do need them to distribute it. The thing is, it gives you also a cachet. Yep. People go, oh, I'm going to watch that because Hulu bought it. Yep. Yeah. I mean, look at, look at, uh, Cobra Kai and, uh, yeah. that, that show you on Netflix, like you on Netflix yep. was a lifetime show that didn't do anything. Right. You it on Netflix canceled. is, yeah. You on Netflix got renewed and is, was a phenomenon and, brought a molester to justice yeah. um in real life in real life yeah and, and same and, and 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 cobra kai was on youtube red which is a big place but they don't know content they never have i've i've sworn i've said this up and down a million times because i know google i've worked for google i've done work with google and i know mm -hmm. how they think and they don't think in terms of content they think like programmers that yeah. was never going to succeed um, but the minute you take that show, which was a perfectly decent show for a lot of people and for some sure. like me, a great show, you put it on Netflix is the biggest thing since sliced bread. <laughs> well, I mean, so, so what did someone just say in search of followers? Prime oh, that's a, they're just a, it's a, it, that's a robot. You don't have oh, to read is? the robot. You don't have to read what the So wait, are. I love that we have robots now on our show robots. talking to us. Did you just say robots? I probably did. <laughs> run the tape run the tape <laughs> robots robots Robert. no i just love it um uh <laughs> what do you just on. love i just love you i love teasing you today yeah um, it's, good. it's a good day for that no, what, is it um, tuesday it's a tuesday no um tease, tease jeff tuesday. garland in that show the goldbergs called them robots like his character called them robots another show robots. with uh, a guy yeah Another I, show know, with the guy. Well, they got rid of that guy and they put him on his own show, then they canceled that show. Exactly. So they, they actually saved the Goldbergs. Robots are real. Because the <laughs> Goldbergs is awesome. Robots no, are real. It is. It the is Goldbergs really. is awesome. I've seen every single episode. Every single episode. Me too. Me too. Really? And every time I start the Goldbergs, I'm like, this corny bullshit. And then by the end, I'm like, it's all family too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> family. Yeah, that's it. Hollywood is, has really fucked us up for family and what we think family is and friendships uh -huh. you know that's not what life is man hollywood's given us this idea that like we should all have these best friends who only want to talk about us what? like like you all you do jason is sit there and wait for me to have something to talk about some kind of issue i was just what we're not talking about me anymore <laughs> you just you just tuned out hollywood <laughs> okay Wait, so should we, we got, we got some time today, which is, which is, Jason's doing it again. He's putting the ice pack on his, on well, my his, head, because my ego is bruised now. Um, Cody Broadway, that is a great name. Cody Broadway, I, I like it. Um, yeah, like, we got time for content today. We got about 20 minutes. Hey, you look um, like you had something on your mind, though. You good? Yeah, actually, I am. I was, um, <laughs> okay. I am. I, I am doing really well. Um, I feel cool. it like we've talked about a lot of different pieces of content already this week, and I don't know why. Um, but I don't. At, at the same time, we didn't. Did we talk about the boys at all? No, we did not talk about the boys. And also, um, what <laughs> I'm going to say, you know, we we can talk for a minute if you want. We can finish the tenant conversation, you know, if, if you want. But okay. we can also talk for a minute about Fargo. Okay. Yeah, and I do want to do the Fargo. So. So um, that might be a good one to start with because here's the deal. 
I love the first season of Fargo. I love that. I love that first season of Fargo. I love mm-hmm. the movie. Um, I'm not always, I love the Cohen brothers. Don't now I'm going to get in a lot of shit, but it's never been something that I connected to like fully. Like I haven't had to watch, I haven't watched, uh, you know, uh, the big Lebowski a thousand times. You know, I've seen, I've seen every Cohen brothers movie at once and a few of them twice. It's never been like, Oh, I just can't, they're just so quirky and Midwestern or whatever. It's just not, it's not a bad thing. I don't have a problem with them. I like them, but I don't like worship at the, the ground of the cones. Okay. Um, and I really enjoyed the first season and I started really enjoying the second season, but I got disconnected from it because I didn't at the time have that particular channel. It wasn't streaming. It was hard to get. Um, and so it just didn't watch it right away. And then I had to, you know, cause I had to download it somewhere else. And, and then it just kind of fell off my radar and I haven't watched any of season three and I started watching the season. And what I wanted to ask you, and I just, and honestly, and, and, and aside from all this stuff yesterday, it's like, convince me to get back into Fargo. I would love your kind of take on this because to me, there's, there's something interesting about it, but it also feel like it follows a lot of the same beats over and over again mm-hmm. that are, that are make people feel comfortable with the show, but that doesn't make it feel like it stretches to me. And, and maybe I'm wrong. And I, I, I don't know because I haven't watched since that first season. So yeah. Well, you know, here's the thing. It follows certain be- Okay. So I'll start with this. Um, the Coen brothers. So we already are on opposite ends of the spectrum because they're one of the main reasons I got into film. And to me, I saw blood simple for the first time. And I was like, and there's a shot where the newspaper lands on Francis McDormand's porch and Mm -hmm. it just scares the crap out of everybody. And Mm -hmm. it was, it's in this very tense moment. I was like, Oh wait, that's, that's, that's different. There was just a moment that I saw that was different than every other filmmaker. And, and, you know, I, I connected to it. Unlike you, you know, and this is why artists are artists, right? right. Get different influences. Uh-huh. Though I think there's something like, I don't like the Grateful Dead at all. I, mm-hmm. I can't listen to them. I know they're geniuses, right? So you accept that the Coen brothers are geniuses. Oh yeah, I absolutely do. And I also can't listen to the Grateful Dead. Yeah. Okay. But I know they're geniuses. Right. I right. can't listen to John Mayer either. And people keep telling me he's a genius. Yeah. And he's kind of funny. Yeah. And I don't and, and like want to listen to his music, but I, ever. yeah. But, yeah. Ever. No. Yeah. Okay, but but so but we yeah, get we're on that. The same page. We, we all have those artists where people think they're great, but mm-hmm. we just don't connect. Yep. Interesting. And I don't. And I and, and to be clear, I, I don't not like them. I just don't like right, you. You're not. A, yeah, I didn't I fall it. for them, right? You're not like a I didn't like brotherhead. I'd be like, oh, I like yeah. I I like them a lot, but like there's other people that I love that people are like, oh, you are weird. <laughs> but you don't walk around <laughs> like I love. I, yeah, I love Bill Lawrence. Like unabashedly and we've talked about that so i'll watch yes. a cougar town and i can't like all i see is the bill lawrence of it i i don't i don't see the you know right any other yeah, yeah no i get it right so so but you saw fargo you saw it in the theater right and mm-hmm. and there was something about it you liked oh yeah absolutely absolutely and i enjoyed it and yeah absolutely so like i'm it. not a Farrelly brothers guy either like when when all that like dumb and dumber and, I, I liked uh, something about Mary. Yeah, I did too. But I like this is another example. Like everybody's like, you got to watch Dumb and Dumber a thousand. Nah. I like I liked Mel Brooks, and I was watching other things at the time. You know what I noticed? Really pretty girls like Dumb and Dumber. Like, <laughs> I watch it a lot. I noticed. Yeah. I'm like, you know, you can always use that. Like, uh, yeah. I like it a lot, and yeah. you get a laugh. All right. So I, I like, yeah, I'm like I fell for, yeah, I fell for Spike Jones. Like back in the day, I thought everything that Spike Jones did was perfect. Like there's this, those are the things. Sorry. Okay. No, David no, O'Russell Russell also loved David O'Russell so much that I can't stop myself. Even okay. though he's an asshole. Yeah. Well, I've heard that. Uh, but you know, he's a hell of a filmmaker and, and, uh, who'd you say? Oh, well you said someone right before that. Spike uh, Jones. Spike Jones. I love him. I'm, I'm yeah, the yeah. same. 
But those I, are I the didn't kind like of, the uh, the the wild things where the wild things are. Oh yeah, yeah, that yeah, I felt like that one was not great. But the but like as the way that people like because I'm trying to think of back in the day when that movie was out. Those were the 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 filmmakers that I was adoring at the time, right? I was a big Spike Jones fan. I was a big, you know. But but filmmakers, especially auteurs, they're auteurs for a reason, right? They're they're telling the same story over and over again with their take on the current situations in society right mm-hmm. it's like a, a you listen to quentin uh, you know you listen to a, a quentin movie and it's his take on everything that's happening he just puts it in this story or that story right he's right. talking about film he's talking about books he's talking about songs brady stanellis does the same thing in american psycho we, we in less than zero these are you're making social commentaries through the film or through the work mm-hmm. so but I, look at sofia coppola right i mean her biggest movie lost in translation mm-hmm. right now she's got a new apple movie with bill murray and it's mm-hmm. the basically almost the same movie except now bill murray's the dad of adam right. Harris. right well so, you know, so, but you see yeah. the same things that's my point well uh, nolan I mean, we just talked about nolan time is all he wants to talk about he wants to talk about time <laughs> yes. and 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 memory and you know everything from from his very following to memento to that movie where uh everybody stayed up all night and al pacino got really boring uh uh <laughs> a scent of a woman no, no, it was that one with him and Robin Williams where he like insomnia. Fisher King. Insomnia was. Oh, Nolan. oh, insomnia. Yeah, that where where there was all daytime all the time with the murder and. Yeah, nobody's. Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah, but that was Nolan. But it's still all about time. So you're right. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Right. So and and Terry Gilliam has something about crazy people and yep. the, the space in between what we think and what we think in our brain and what causes mm-hmm. us to go insane or is right. it sane? You know. So, but he keeps making that whether it's Brazil or the Fisher King, etc. So. That being said, you have to look at Fargo, the original movie first, right? Mm-hmm. So the original movie is about a guy being cucked by his father-in-law. Right. Right? I mean, Bill Macy's working at the dealership that his dad owns, right? Mm-hmm. That his father-in-law owns. His wife, his wife, you know, he treats him not great. He's a, he's a low-level dude. He gets shit on by everybody. So what we have when we look at Noah Hawley's take on the first season, when he has Billy Bob Thornton, you know, it's immediately a guy who's being peed on by his family and he wants some respect and Billy Bob Thornton comes to give him that respect. We see the same thing in season two with the brothers, you know, fighting for the, uh, well, the, the matriarch. Oh, yeah, the, the, the fighting to be like the, in the, the top the of that. Patriarch, yeah. Yeah, that little crime family, you know, and you have a cop who wants to be the top cop. So you have all these people who are not getting their just dues, who are trying to get their just dues. And they always have the crazy killer who ends up being the guy who lives at the end. So you don't go into it expecting, you got to kind of see the mile markers and Mm -hmm. then go, listen, here's the other thing. And I love Fargo. Like the first, Mm -hmm. the third season to me was the pinnacle. That's the Ewan McGregor one, right? Yeah, he plays twins before anybody, you know, before uh, it was the cool thing to do. Before Ruffalo did it. And, and Tom Hardy. It was post, yeah. but the, it was post Winklevosses, whoever did the Winklevoss. Right, exactly. And that was, that's David Fincher. Yeah. You know, so, so again, you're looking at, and David Fincher is very much about injustice. If you look at a fight club, if you look at all his movies, he makes films about injustice. Even House of Cards, his TV show, you know, it's about injustice in the system and corruption. Right? Right. And, and the intolerance of it. Those are the scripts he picks. So, so we see these threads running through it. So now when Holly comes, you see this again and again, right? So in the third season, I feel like he hit the zenith of it. Now we're in the fourth season, right? And it is, it's massive. So why, why do you come back? You haven't even gotten to the third season. So to me, right. if you didn't get to the third season, I don't know how to bring you back because uh-huh. the third season is amazing. 
Well, and I guess that that's the question. Like, you don't necessarily need to see all of them to understand any of it, right? Because they're all anthology. And then this has always been the question for me. What, you know, the purpose of making it a Fargo show, right? Like, it's a Fargo branded thing when it's not necessarily tied back. Is it? it I always it is just, tied back. well, I just always assumed it was because the um the setting was kind of midwestern and you could kind of utilize this this quirky crimey alongside this like very folksy language that they use and that was what was the connected tissue between these stories mm -hmm. because the stories themselves aren't necessarily connected and they're not they connected are. to the original well, story are they? they're not connected to each other sorry but yeah. they are all connected thematically to the original story right it is about true crime within immediate family yeah within with, an, with stupid people in yeah in the in in the northwest or the northeast or whatever yeah, that is no the it's north. the midwest it, the mid north yeah the yeah, north it's the midwest. midwest or something yeah, yeah whatever that's called i the midwest always confuses me because it's so far in the like east that i don't understand it right so listen so what they're doing is they're taking fargo as a crime hub they're saying this city has been a city of violence since it's been born and if you look at what noah holly's doing also he's taking different time periods Right. That Every single one of them. Different. We've gone more. We've gone from the modern day, and we've kind of. It, it, has it gone backwards? It feels like it's gone backwards. Like it went backwards with uh, the butcher, and then it felt like you and McGregor. There was like, was it the? Yeah, I'm not sure about that one. I know 80s? the second one was for sure because the second one had characters from the first one as younger versions of themselves, um, and that was connected. Yeah, to some degree. To some degree, right? The right. the sheriff in the other one was the the police officer in the, this that second season. So I did see that, you know, that wasn't necessarily connected, connected in a way that you needed one to understand the other, but yeah. You don't, but they are all based on the movie. It takes place in Fargo, this city of violence. There's a, you know, uh, dim-witted, allegedly dim-witted sheriff who's going to end up, you know, cracking the thing. And there's a, you know, there's a people vying for power within a family. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of violence. I like that. In the snow. I mean, those are the things. Those are the the violence in the snow is my second favorite Kenny Rogers Dolly Parton joint. Oh, I'm just going with it. <laughs> I don't know what the hell I was going to say, but but that's what I would say. This you, a yes, I agree with you. You don't have to watch any of them to watch any of them. And b if you didn't get to the third season, like if the second season didn't compel you to watch the third season, yeah. I'm not sure because you know here. Look, I like the fourth season a lot. Like mm -hmm. I really like it. But it's not my favorite season. And, you know, here's the bulletin point. Chris Rock still can't act. Still can't I don't act. know why they put him in this. Like, Dr. Senator, the guy who's playing his second in command, should be the guy mm. running shit. Not right. Chris Rock. So I well, want to find is, out why he's running shit. This is always, an, and this is this prestige television kind of right. thing that I think is interesting and also doesn't always work. They did the same thing with True Detective to varying degrees of success, right? And that's what I think of this, not as the same show, but that same kind of thing, this anthology stuff, like, when they put that first season with Matthew McConaughey and Woody Harrelson, that thing was off the charts good. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't that the new, you know, but then, you know, Colin Fer Farrell in the second one, right? Mm -hmm. um, not that that was, he was bad. I thought he was great. And, and so was Vince Vaughn, but it wasn't a great season, but it's like, it's that's, that's part of the, uh, the, the second season. Oh yeah. Well, and, and that's, and that's kind of the, where I was kind of coming with this. Like I, I think of true detective as my kind of, mark off that but then you know you have that season mm -hmm. with uh uh 
with uh, about, oh the third Marshala and uh, Stephen Dorff, yeah, which is which Dorf, was pretty damn good, which is really fucking good. And so you like, well, maybe the second one was just the one I missed, and I'm I'm doing myself. But I, I think this stunt casting stuff works, and it doesn't because I get excited. Like when I heard Chris Rock was doing it, I know in my heart he's not a good actor, but I like Chris Rock, and I'm like. Oh, maybe they're trying something new. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm interested in this. And like, maybe they did, but it didn't work. It doesn't work to me. Right, and that might have been part of the reason with second season. I'm like, I don't know. These guys are there. I, I, don't get me wrong. I, uh, the the uh, what's her well, name? Kristen Dunst. And Kristen her Dunst husband. was great, and the guy Jesse. What's his name from Je- uh, the the redhead guy? Yeah, they're from married. Bed? Yeah, they're they're married in real life. Yeah, well, at least they. Every time I'm at the, there's a couple places in Burbank that I go to that they're always at together with a kid. Wait, so the they, two they redheads at least, got married. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. They're together and they played husband. I did not know that. You know, I don't follow yeah. this shit. So that, I don't either. The only reason, honestly, the only reason I know is because they go to the same cafe that I used to go to. Oh, that you used to, but now it's. Well, well now it's COVID times. Yeah. It's verklempt, as we say. in the verklempt. Yeah. But uh, yeah. So yeah. those are those things where it's like, I don't know. If, you know. The, 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 oh, I love them together. Now I might want to watch that season again because I yeah, did not know they're married in real they're, life. Yeah. They're, they're great. It's, it, but it's that thing, that, that thing that, that some. Is there any way they have a brunette baby? (laughs) I don't know. I think it's always been in a bonnet. (laughs) It's a bonnet baby. Go on, go on. No, I was just saying, like, I think that's something that I would like to see less of in in casting. I think my favorite shows that have been on are the ones that don't try and bring in some heavy hitter every season that's new. Succession. that, that lives, you know, yes, yeah, section is a perfect example of something that mm-hmm. doesn't need to bring anybody in and, and, and just brings in the power of their, you know, shit's Creek, Ted you know, Lasso. you could figure out a way to bring in other people and, and make those kind of things. And, you know, breaking bad, never did it. You know, they, they brought never. in strong Mad characters, Men. but they'd never brought in a big new character. John Hamm didn't exist. He was, yeah. you know, getting parts here and there in, in town, but you know, he wasn't John Hamm that made him John Hamm. They took an AMC, did it. They did it with two shows. HBO does it all the time. Mm-hmm. It's a good business model. Look FX does it. I mean, look what they're doing with. Uh, they're just know, not doing it here. Look what they're doing with uh, Lovecraft Country, which, for all intents and purposes, is an anthology series. Well, not an anthology series, but it's a it's it's a serial. It's not a serialized show. Every episode could stand on its own, right? It can. I mean, there are seri- there's like a twenty percent serialized element. Like if you're pitching yeah. that, you know, it's like oh, eighty percent is procedural and twenty percent is serialized. Right. We follow right. them home. It's, it's like a like it's ten percent more than X Files was, right? X Files probably had five to ten percent serialized, right. and you know, it's just a little more than that. So there feels like a connected to you. But for all intents and purposes, you're telling a unique story and you're exploring every single character, which way better than introducing some star for that particular episode of you know. Because for all intents and purposes, it's black, uh, you know, creep show or um, Wait, say that again. Tales from what? the crypt. No, for all what? Intents and purposes. Oh, there you go. What did I say first? Intensive purposes. Intensive purposes. Yeah, I was like, are those purposes intense? Sorry, it's it's my face, <laughs> my lip. Is just no, listen, if you want to call out my lip, I'm going to call out the, the <laughs> thing you use your tongue, which obviously does not speak yeah. the correct grammar. Just for the record, my tongue is very messed up. This is as far as I can stick it out of my mouth. <laughs> no one cares. No, it's it. People, it's, my, 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 it doesn't go any further than that. This is, I, I, I how did you it just it? looks like another lip. Does it really not go further than that? No, it doesn't go further than that. I have a very short tongue, but it's I, that's fat. incredible. It's actually. fat as fuck, but no, but, you were born with that. That doesn't happen because you get fat. No, no, no. My tongue is just fat in my mouth. No matter how, what, how skinny I am. It yeah. Just, it, it goes over all my so teeth. I'm saying it, you're born with it's it. It's like, it's like this wide. Gain weight, lose weight. It's you like have when, the same when somebody goes, I'm this big around um it's yeah no one's like hey man your tongue gained some weight 
No, but I just mean it's always it's just a wide tongue. But sure. okay. So anyway. so that being said, uh, the, the the Fargo thing. Okay, I, I think we. Yeah. I think we. Do. I, I can't convince you really. Uh, and, and I'll check it out. I mean, I'll give this. I want to give this season a chance. It's 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 funny. Like we talk to these people and we see what's done and like. Sometimes it's like, let me just, I'm just going to try and respect the craft a little bit and see what I go. And maybe I can find fall in, find a reason to fall in love with the, the story again. Well, and also the other thing is when you are a Coen Brothers fan, like we were talking about, there's Easter eggs, like this shot on the manhole, which is from Raising Arizona. And like, you know, and I, I can obviously, cause I'm a freak about it. I'm like, oh, that's from that. That's from that. I see what they're doing. And he's giving that to you. So you get the, that enjoyment out of it too, which you're not getting. No, that's true. I'm not, cause yeah. I don't, yeah, I'm, but I will, I will, I, I'll get some other enjoyments. Um, <laughs> I'll get that little tongue. <laughs> I got a tiny fat tongue. He's got a tiny tongue, folks. No one, no one knows what you're doing. Who's listening to this, Jason? I know. He's uh, like sticking his tongue out, trying to like touch his beard, which he can't. Okay, so, so, and by the way, the the we only have a few minutes, but the uh, he's still going. This the, the new Lovecraft, right? Uh -huh. That came out on. So did you watch it? Okay. Holy Jesus. It's still, I mean, I don't care what anybody says. It just gets better and better. Okay. Are people saying it's not? No, no. I saw a couple people that say, oh, you know what, this horror thing, like, I just don't think they get it, man. I mean, when you're going to, if you're taking a horror story and you're combining that with the death of Emmett Till mm -hmm. and make, you are fucking doing something insane. Right. And like, you feel a little bit of that, uh, what, it, you know, us in this one with those, those two girls that are kind of coming after her. Mm -hmm. There's so much in this thing. It's just such, and it's so a massive scope. Yeah. Jesus. Fucking amazing what they're doing with this show. Yeah. You know, they keep doing it. This episode, I will say was not my, it was my least favorite of the season. Now that being said, it's still mm -hmm. on a different level. Absolutely. Um, you know, I, I did not get drawn in. I, I, I felt like there was almost too much that they were trying to deal with. Mm -hmm. And and it would have served the connection to the story a little better for as a viewer if you pared that down a bit. Yep, I get you. I get you. You know, a little more on Emmett Till, a little, you know what I mean? Make, it, make Emmett a little more of a backdrop, you know, mm -hmm. and bring us in a little more to the characters. Because also... Here's the one thing I will say about Lovecraft, which, you know, I'm in love with. Uh, I just don't think that Misha Green has decided who the protagonist is yet. I, yeah, I, I'm not, I don't, I don't know who we're supposed it. to watch. Yeah. Well, I think, yeah, I, I think that that's part of this and I think that's the thing, but yeah, I agree with it. And that's, what's really great about exploring all these people. You know, you're going to have, you know, not too, too not too far from now, right. you know, we're going to have a Montrose episode where we really explore Montrose. We've seen a lot of this stuff. But we're really going to dig into that, you know. We're really going to dig into uh, what's the what's her name, the Braithwaite, Christina, um, yeah. a little bit more. I think. Mm -hmm. I think we're going to dig into these characters. And and here's what I think is kind of going on a little bit. And mm -hmm. and with this this episode is this is episode eight, right? Yeah. So this is that part of any series. It unfortunately and also fortunately where they got to roll everything into the next two. Yep. Like I love these shortened seasons. There's of stuff. always one of these. I agree with you. Yeah. And, and, but when you, when you start talking about episodes nine, when it goes to 10, um, you have to do a lot of the heavy lifting all in one big episode like this. And this is about the time that they got to do that. You know, and by the way, just as before we go, cause we're, we're, we're closing in on time. I will say that the, uh, that family guy has, resurfaced and, and yeah? started their new season how, how are you liking it I, I gotta say very good yeah that's awesome i you know i watched uh the the, the simpsons and bob's burgers are also back and i'm a huge yeah. bob's burgers fan it was very very funny yeah you um, like the premiere 
Yeah, and the Simpsons episode that premiered was actually not too bad either. Not too bad. And well, I mean, that's Simpsons. about as much praise as yeah. you can give us. The, like, I didn't hate it and want to turn it off immediately. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Um, and and uh, have you watched the Archer? Have you been watching the Archer? Yeah, yeah. I've been watching Archer. Oh, my God. It's been funny. Yeah, it's funny as hell. And I like that they're out of a coma. They're not in a noir. They're not in a dream state. They're just back doing what they were doing in the beginning. Yeah, and we haven't really talked about it, but that episode from, a, like, not this week, but the week before where they're breaking into the house and they give him, like, the robot tech suit, <laughs> I was dying. I was dying. It was so much fun. Yeah, and that's what I mean. It's like you can just turn it on and you can lose yourself and you don't have to give too much thought to anything. And it's, it's, it's fucking fun. Yep. It really is. And that's, I'll tell you with Family Guy, they said it really. But what Family Guy is doing this season, they're really actually trying to push the envelope even even more. They said a joke about Jordan Peele that uh, you just got to watch the episode too. Yeah. To, yeah. It's one of those things like, did they just say that? <laughs> Holy. Wait, I got to rewind that. <laughs> like, it's like, and they just came out. Like, it was like, and then afterwards you hear Peter apologizing. I did not know what I was like. You have to watch the joke. Oh, that's fine. It's worth your time just for that. Um, oh, your mom, Linda. Your mom showed up. Hey, mom. All right. Well, I, um, I think we got to go, right? Done. Well, I wanted, I want to do one last thing. I know it's a little late, but I, we're going to say our goodbyes. But <laughs> tomorrow we have a very special episode. And it's a little bit different than our normal episodes because we do mostly streaming here and we talk about a lot of TV and video. But tomorrow we have one of the funniest and the biggest uh, parody rock bands yeah. out there. They're called Ninja Sex Party. Ninja Sex Party. Ninja Sex Party. They have some amazing videos. We're talking, and we're not Ninja talking Sex like, Party. we're not talking like, hey, we got like, they got like 100,000 views or whatever. We're talking, Man, their videos get 13, 14, 15 million, 30 million views. They're like Bieber. Uh, they are huge it's on insane. the internet. They are huge. They, they have a huge following. They're hilarious. So what I wanted to do is, instead of playing you guys out traditionally with the, with the stuck at home music, We'll say our goodbyes. I'm going to play you out with uh, one of my new favorite songs by yeah. Ninja Sex Party, Orgy for One. Okay, right? stay safe, stay sane, stay strong. Jason Smith. Cliff Dorfman, I love you. Take care of yourself and don't, if, don't let anybody pick on you. Don't <laughs> let anybody pick on you. Just play the song. Yes, sir. <laughs> Ninja Brian, I invited a large number of girls over here for an orgy tonight. But I have to say the responses thus far haven't been exactly what I hoped for. Cece had a headache, Jay was in jail. Brenda had to work it, he was getting Jenny's bail. Angela got scurvy, Ashley caught a cold. Sally's dad exploded, that's what I was told. Shella to play checkers, Dan was baking pies. Wendy's dad exploded, so that might have been a lie. Pam had me lessons, Stella had ballet. Now I'm by myself, but I can have put it away, so Tim. The lights, the lights, ooh, my tights, yeah, I'm going to have some fun, let's get this party started, it's an orgy for one, it's me in my hand and it's hotter than the sun, so break up the tissues, it's an orgy for one, I'm working up my issues in an orgy for one. Mama's cat was nauseous, Jane was way too shy. Steve was not invited because he was a guy. There was parasailing, Brooke said she was in space. But it doesn't matter because I'm back in second base all through. 
Yeah. 